It could be a week from now. It can be a month from now. But every time you have an opportunity to sit under the word of God, treat that as a sacred and special and supernatural moment because you never know when that hidden word will explode in your spirit and change your life. And I want to say something to you. Just because it didn't happen in church doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Because every supernatural moment doesn't take place in this building. But sometimes, right at the moment that you need it, I need somebody to lift your hands. Somebody say, do it when I need it, Lord. Do it when I need it. Do it in the moment that I need it. I'm ready to receive from you. I feel the anointing and the power of God today. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody shout unto God in this place. Come on. Come on, shout unto God in this place. Come on, shout unto God in this place. Hey, shout unto God in this place. Oh, yes. A shout of faith. A shout of faith resonating from the earth to the heavens into the ears of God. Hey, God. Hey, God. We, we bombard the heavenlies right now with our worship. We bombard the heavenlies with our praise. We bombard the heavenlies right now, God. Oh, God. Right now, God. We send it up, God. We send up our worship, God. We send up our praise, God. We magnify you in this place, God. We reverence you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, move, 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 move. In each and every in, in each and every situation, move, God. Whatever the people God need, God, do it. In the name of Jesus. 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 I thank you, God, that you're moving around this room right now. Because your people need you. They need you. They're not playing, God. They need you. I pray for every person who's standing, even those seated, whose hearts are, hearts are open right now to a moment and a move of God. I'm asking you, Lord God, to release the blessings of heaven and release your grace into their lives right now. And whatever it is that's been tormenting them and it has been on their mind, I thank you, Lord God, for freedom from that now in the name of Jesus. The word declares that you anointed your son Jesus to set the captives free. And they are free from their prisons. And I thank you, Lord God, that they live in freedom, that they will not be bound ever again in their thought life, in their physical life, in their financial life, in their health. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for freedom that comes through the blood of the Lamb slain on the cross of Calvary, risen on the third day, seated on the right hand of the Father. In Jesus' name, let every believer say amen, amen, and amen. Would you clap your hands? Would you clap your hands? If you didn't need anything, clap your hands for those who needed something this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. I want you to smile. Smile at somebody and tell them heaven is moving on your behalf. Heaven is moving on your behalf. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen.
Thank you for this word today, God. I believe this word is going to change our life. I really do. Thank you for our early morning talk in which you engaged me in a supernatural way. You said some things to me. Now, God, I pray that you help me to be dependable, disciplined, and to be obedient to your spirit and to speak what you have given me to speak in the manner in which you've given me to speak it. My next prayer is for the people of God, for all of us in this room, that we be able to hear you as you speak, because there's a blessing in the hearing today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I'm ready. I'm ready to preach. Are you ready to hear? Amen, amen. I want to, I want to, I, I want to thank God for Elder Johnson who an injury on yesterday, but still, I, I thank God for his speedy recovery. Amen. I thank God for his speedy recovery. Amen. I want to read, uh, start off with Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. And you guys don't have to take us there yet in media, but I just want everybody to hear this. This scripture has been quoted quite a bit over the last few weeks. Um, Elder Johnson came in and did an amazing job talking to us about our hearts. About two weeks before that, we were analyzing our hearts. And I have to say, I have not been the same since. That particular word from God about analyzing our own hearts. had an opportunity to look into myself. And to see the areas where some corrections need to be made. Amen. Amen. Do we need to turn the air on? I see a lot of fans moving. Amen. We need to turn some air on. So, amen. Elder D, if you get that side there. Elder Johnson, get the side. We're going to cool y'all off. Amen. Amen. And I hope that by the, I hope, um, that by the time it cools off, you know, I'll be finished. Amen. Look, look at uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, starting at verse 9. I want you to hear this. Hear this. This is the NIV. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things. You remember that scripture? The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Listen now, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. I want to speak to you today from the topic, intervention. Intervention. The word intervention means to interfere with something so as to stop, settle, or change. To become involved in something such as a conflict in order to have an influence on what happens. 
to interfere with something so as to stop, settle, or change. To become involved in something such as a conflict in order to have an influence on what happens. This is what an intervention is. This is what we need. Church, we are in need of an intervention. We need God to get involved. No, that wasn't rhetorical. We actually need God to get involved. Because the issue is, is that many of us have been trying and failing at changing ourselves. Trying to adapt ourselves to the norms of Christianity. We've heard the word of God and we have tried to go home and do it without much success. Some of us have the knowing doing gap where we know what to do, but by God, we can't get it done. I would like for a brave uh, contingent in the house of God to raise your hands if you ever knew what to do and couldn't do it. And as hard as you tried, oh, God bless you, you couldn't do that thing. The Holy Spirit was talking to you, guiding you along the way, and, and you couldn't muster up the strength to forgive the person who did something to you 10 years ago, much less 10 minutes ago. Mm. I know I ought to do it, God, but I, I got this, this fight going on, a war, if you will. Talk to me. A conflict between my mind and my flesh. My mind wants to serve you, but my flesh is a bona fide heathen, a card-toting heathen. Can I get a witness in here? Your, your flesh has a, 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 a membership card to Heathens International, yet you come to church every week. Can I get a witness here? Anybody know, anybody know that your flesh is fighting you every day? Of your life. And you understand what Paul said. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? And, and he gives us that. He said, I thank God uh, that, that deliverance comes through Jesus. We need an intervention. We need God to get involved with this conflict and bring an end to it. I wish I had a witness here. We need God to intervene and do for us or through us what we can't do on our own. Can I tell you what the situation is? Can I tell you what the situation is? The situation is, is that for some of us, our hearts are in the same conditions that they've always been. We need something to be done with our hearts. That's the root of the problem. People's hearts not right toward God. You wonder why people do what they do? Because of what's in their heart. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. A man can say a lot of things, but his heart will reveal who he really is. 
Somebody will say they love you and that they have your back, but their heart will reveal whether they do or not. Believe who people are when they show you. And believe who you are when you show yourself. Mm. Don't be fooled by what you say. <laughs> you got to believe what you do. Well, help me here, God. So, so, so in the text, Jeremiah 17, because we've been, we've been dancing around this whole heart deceitful thing, and we want to go right at it today. Can we do that? If you go back to verse 1, now y'all can go with me on the screen, media. It says, Judah's sin is engraved with an iron tool, inscribed with a flint point on the tablets of their hearts. You see Judah's problem? Now we know why they can't act right. They get into a mess because of disobedience. God gets them out. They go right back. Now we understand why after every judge, they'd act a fool. God would divinely intervene through a Samson or a Deborah. Divinely intervene through a judge. And then after they get a moment of peace and everything starts flowing again, they go right back to their sin. Why is it, God, that after you've been so good to me, that I still do the things that I do? The tone of the class is just right. What's wrong with me? Can you help me? Judah's sin is engraved with an iron tool inscribed with a flint point on the tablets of their hearts and on the horns of their altars. Even their children remember their altars and Asherah poles besides the spreading trees and on the high hills. Ah, my mountain in the land and your wealth and all your treasures, I will give away as plunder together with your high places because of sin throughout your country. Listen to the word of the Lord. Through your own fault, you will lose the inheritance I gave you. I will enslave you to your enemies in a land you do not know. For you have kindled my anger and it will burn forever. Sin was inscribed on their hearts with a flint point tool or an engraving. Flint points were used to carve inscriptions on stone, not flesh. So this gives us a description of the hearts of the people. Stony. Hard. Hard enough to take an inscribing tool and carve sin into it. How hard are the hearts of the people? When you can look and see someone give somebody a hallucinogenic drug 
just so they can put them on Facebook Live to watch them make a fool out of themselves. When you can watch ten girls beat up one girl and it don't even move your heart. Y'all better talk to me. When you can talk about somebody you just got through hugging. How hard are the hearts of the people when we can hear the word of God and go out and do the damnable things that we just heard we're not supposed to do. And then make excuses for our mess. How hard? Hard enough to write sin on with a carving tool. Oh, come on, church. The problem was not with God. It was not with his covenant promises. It was not on his goodness. It was not an issue of God's willingness or ability to deliver his promises. I'll tell you what the problem was. The problem was with their hearts. Judah had a heart issue. And let us not pretend as though Judah is the only one. The people he made covenant with were the problem. Can I say this too for the modern day church? Satan is a problem, but he's not the problem. Oh, he got a role in it, but he can't make you do nothing. He introduces ideas and opportunities, but you don't have to participate. Talk to me, somebody. We've been blaming people, the devil, churches, pastors, elders, deacons, family, and friends. And never, ever holding ourselves accountable for our own actions. If she hadn't worn that dress, I wouldn't have asked for her number. If she hadn't... If you would have treated me better, I would have. Why is it always somebody else? Why don't we ever take a good, hard look at ourselves? And I want to thank God for y'all for not leaving. Because people don't like this kind of preaching. They, they like the kind of preaching where you pick on somebody else. Pastor, why are you messing with me? Well, you might need messing with. We got to get uncomfortable. I pray that after we leave today, that if we go to do something that we know we don't have any business doing, that we get uncomfortable. I pray that when you think it, you just get uncomfortable. God's not the problem. He wants to be good to his people, but his people keep getting out of pocket. God was so good they weren't taking him seriously, son. But such a forgiving and graceful God to him. Even in the Old Testament, God was a God of grace. Could have wiped them jokers out many times, but he wouldn't. They wouldn't take him seriously. They, they thought God was playing. That's how we think. Hey, ain't it all that bad, Pastor? I ain't, I ain't doing that, though. I ain't doing that. 
at least I ain't doing that over there. Like those two men, the one man, forgive me a sinner, the other man, at least I ain't like him. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like this guy. What disheartens me is that the sin of the parents bled over into their children. Because it said the children remembered the Asherah pole that were underneath the trees. Asherah poles were in the altars where, where, where they made sacrifices. Altars with an S, multiple, the worship of Baal and the Asherah. And the children remembered that, and the children followed what they saw their parents do. So even if the children heard the word of the Lord, they watched their mama and daddy. And they were influenced by the sins of mom and dad. And so a generation is lost because of a generation before them. We look at the kids today, and we talk about the kids so bad, but can I say something? Some of them were raised in good holy household, but there are a lot of them who never saw God. And what do we expect them to do? What do you expect her to wear when a mama dresses like that? So... We tell our kids, do what I tell you to do. Don't do what I do. Because I'm grown. Like grown is a license for wrong. It has affected the kids. So because they watched us and we didn't take God as seriously as we should have. Now we want them to get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. We had conversations we shouldn't have had. Said stuff about people. Treated people a certain way. Didn't forgive people. And they say, now you forgive little Johnny now. But mama, you didn't forgive. So now you're telling me worship God and I saw you bowing at the Asherah pole. It's bled into another generation. Because our mouth said something. And our heart led us to do something else. Hmm. Y'all see it? And sin was so rampant, you could see it all over the country. Everywhere you look, sin. Y'all see it? Y'all see America? Y'all see America in this text? Everywhere you look, sin. I remember when the D word was the worst you were on TV. The other day I was watching TV, BT, and they used the S word. I was, oh my God. Oh Jesus, this ain't even HBO. And they calling each other bees like it ain't nothing. A term, they say this in a, they say now that to call another woman a bee is a term of endearment. Say what? I knew women that would pull their wig off and their earrings and beat you down. 
on. If you called them that, and now they're saying, I call you that as a term of endearment. Look at how twisted things are. No, sin is the norm. Righteousness. Can you find it? Where's righteousness? Because sin is everywhere. Oh, but where sin abounds? Grace much more abounds. There is a remnant. You are that remnant. His word is to incite you to be visible. Hide no longer, people of God. Be visible with your worship. Be visible with your holiness. Be visible in your righteousness. Somebody slap your neighbor and say, be visible. Slap them soft now. Don't hit them hard. Don't, don't use this as an opportunity to hurt somebody you've been wanting to hurt. Stay in the spirit. Stay in the spirit. We had to say that. The punishment would be the loss of their inheritance of covenant and of their freedom, which manifested itself in Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon. They would lose the inheritance. Everything God promised them, they would lose it. And, and the scripture says it was their fault. Scripture say, by your own fault, because you cause God to be angry. That's what say the Jews. I ain't talking to nobody in here, really, but well, maybe, maybe the scripture is talking to somebody in here. They they forfeited the inheritance because their their hearts were stony. We've we've gotten so accustomed. Just doing whatever we want to do. Hear the word. Don't change at all. Repenting for stuff that we knew we were going to do. Not not anything we fell into. We planned it. And all along, conviction was set. Then don't do it. Don't do it. And we did it anyway. Felt terrible after we did it. You, yeah, let's get honest. Come on, let's do it. Felt some kind of bad and repented earnestly. And then did that thing again. Forfeiting inheritance, opportunities, moments, blessings. Things that God refuses to release us into before we're ready for it. God's not going to, listen, God's not going to promote us and put us way up there just for us to fall, embarrass his name, and get hurt, and take some people with us. Forfeiting inheritance. They forfeited inheritance. They forfeited the inheritance. Jesus. And not a, not a captive. Not their enemies are controlling them. 
They used to triumph over their enemy. Now their enemies have triumphed over them because they forfeited the inheritance of governmental divine protection. Because Clay, as we have learned, that when you come from under his government, you come from under his covenant of protection as well. What God says, if you want to be grown, then be grown. That's what we tell our kids. You want to be grown? Then get your own house. Buy your own food. See, because God makes that thing look so easy. It looks so easy. It looks like we're doing it. Oh, stay there, Taylor. It looks so easy. It looks like we're making the money. It looks like we bought the house. It looks like we earned the promotion. It looks like we earned the raise. And we never, ever stop for a moment to think that if it had not been for the Lord, we wouldn't be in our right minds. We wouldn't be healthy enough to go to work. Come on here. You would have forgot how to get to work. It's only because of the grace of the Most High God that you're able to sit in this chair and understand a word right now. It's God, not us. Us, but God's so good and it looks so easy we forget just like with our kids y'all parents y'all make it look so easy they think they can do it let them get out there on their own for a little while and realize how difficult it is and how, how hard it is to get a gallon of milk and bread now costs $5 for a nice loaf you ain't gonna talk to me Yes, you are going to talk to me. Somebody talk back to me in here. You know it's the truth. Doctors say you got to eat healthy, so now you got to go buy chicken breast that ain't got nothing injected into it. You got to go get a $10 salad instead instead of $1 cheeseburger because that cheeseburger clogging up your artery. I wish I had somebody in here. Wait till they got to buy their own medicine. Wait until they got to go get that $100 prescription that the doctor said they had to have. You made it look easy because you used to buy the medicine. Now they call you and say, Mama, how you make macaroni? See, because they watch you do it. And it looks so smooth. Now they think they could just get off and do it themselves. That's how we do God. He's so smooth. He's so seamless. He's so flawless. He blesses us and we don't even know it. Danger seen and unseen. God protecting you from stuff you saw and stuff you missed. I didn't even see that call. Oh God, I just want to say thank you. Because you know you couldn't have swerved. Ran the light. It was red. It was blood red and you went right through it. You had to pull over and throw your hands up and say, God, I thank you. So the house, he did it. The car, he did it. The job, he did it. The money, he did it. Your mind, he did it. Your clothes, he did it. Somebody shout, he did it. Somebody look at your name and say, he did all of this. He did all of this. From the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. He did all of this. 
Somebody high five your neighbor and say, he did this. wakes us up and we don't get him credit for it because we think we woke up. Plan, we had a plan. The plan worked. So we think I did that. No, God did that. And see what happens is you start thinking you're responsible. Can I have a talk? Let me, let me do it this way. When kids start thinking that they can do it, their heart gets hard. Their heart gets hard towards the instructions of their parents. Now because they think they're grown, they don't want to listen. Come on. Help that in here. There's a parent or two that knows what I'm talking about. In fact, you probably did it yourself. That's the reason it make you so mad. Because they look, they look and they're acting just. Some of y'all pray, get, God, get me off of them. Get, get my attitude out of them, God. Because you know. So the same thing happens with us and God. When we get to thinking, I can do this, or I did that, it's then our hearts get hard towards his instruction. Now we think we don't need to do what he says, although it was doing what he says that got us here. Oh, how soon? We forget. Kids, sidebar. You are where you are. You have what you have. You can do what you can do because of your parents. And your parents did what they did for you because of God. Oh, let's trace this thing. So, so the reason it's so smooth for you is because you don't have no real responsibilities. Your job is to go to school and get an education. You don't have to pay the water bill. That's why you in there for an hour. Acting like water is just free. Because you didn't have to put a quarter in the shower to get it to turn on. But somebody paying for that water. You out there talking about I want to run in the sprinkler. Not today. Costs too much money to run in that sprinkler. Y'all better talk to me. That's how we do with God. 
we forget. God's been good to us. So then we get instruction. We do, we do, we do our leaders like that too. I'm going to talk, yeah. We do spiritual, yeah, I'm going there. We do spiritual leaders like that. Come and get up under somebody and learn and grow and flourish and then get to a certain point where we know two or three scriptures by heart and can quote them without leaving out a word. I don't need that joker no more. I don't have to listen to him. He ain't nothing but a man. But that man was used by God. Oh, yeah, yeah, I said it. He was used by God to help you get saved. Keep you from, kept you from losing your mind that time. Look at your neighbor and say, don't mistreat people who have been valuable to you. Every now and then I text my pastor and just say, thank you. Help my marriage together. I ain't ashamed. I ain't ashamed. I was fouling it up. I called him mad at my wife one day. Mad and I was hoping he'd be on my side. I did, Angie. I was hoping he'd be on my side and tell me, you're right. You're right for being mad at it. You know what he told me? Do you want to hear what he told me? He said, your wife is your sister in Christ. I said, huh? He said, if you can forgive one of them sisters in the church, then you go home and forgive your wife. I said, yes, sir. I went home and said, baby, you my sister in Christ. I ain't scared to tell it. Because I need the man of God in my life. Say you can you can you forgive people, you forgive people at the church and make you mad, don't you? I say, you know, you got me, bro. Pastor Robeson, if you're looking, you got me, man. But I want to say thank you. Thank you that you didn't co-sign on my foolishness. You taught me not to do that. God was upset and it was their fault. Got to hurry up. So the scripture said the heart is deceitful above all things, isn't it? And it says and beyond cure. Now that's something, that's the NIV. Beyond cure, who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. So God says, I'm examining hearts, and I'm watching people's conducts, and I'm going to reward them according to what they do. So I know God's going to be good to us regardless, because remember, we learned in covenant, there's something God just going to do. But it doesn't mean that God won't punish us. Because if he doesn't punish somebody, a person, then they're not his child. There's a word he uses for people he doesn't punish. So you want to be punished 
for your own by your father because it's signification that you belong to him. You're not illegitimate. You're not a phony. You're not a fake. So God, so he blesses you when you deserve it, just like we do with our kids. They do well in school. They follow direction. You do extra stuff for them. See, a parent, you're going to feed them, clothe them, shelter them, no matter what they do. But the bonus stuff, like a pair of Jordans, if they acting up in school, ain't no Jordans. Talk to me, parents. Not happening. So God will still wake you up, let you keep, come on. He'll still do God. He'll do, still do father things. But then you pray, God, I want this. And he'll be like, well, hold on. Israel kept playing with God. Judah kept playing with God. God ain't going to get us. He ain't going to get us. He ain't got us yet. He ain't going to get us. And then, boom, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> boom, Babylon. And not in, not in captivity saying, why you do this to me? Trying to get you to do right. And you refused because of your heart. But that heart is deceitful, I'm telling you. Above all things, beyond cure. You can't cure a sick heart. You can't cure it. What hope is there? I, when I read that beyond cure, it made me uncomfortable. Because any other thing he could have said would have been all right with me, dirty, nasty, and messed up. But beyond cure? You know what I mean? There's nothing you could do to fix it. You can't go to church enough. You can't shout enough. Still bad. Still bad. Still bad. Read a self-help book. Still bad. Went to a conference. Still bad. Y'all talk to me. Got slathered down in oil. Still bad. What's wrong? Heart sick. Beyond cure. Jesus. A guy named F.B. Huey says, F.B. Huey Jr. said, these verses make two affirmations. Number one, of the deceitfulness of the human heart. And number two, the accountability of those who forsake the Lord. There is accountability for our actions. So the heart's deceitful. Can we talk about that for a minute? I'm, I'm hurrying to my close. Now listen. It is pertaining to that which is deceptive and not honest and tends to lead astray from a right precept. So our heart is deceptive, not honest, and leads away from a right precept. The stony heart does. The stony heart. Somebody say the stony heart. The stony heart is deceptive, is not honest, which means it will lie. And it will lead us from the truth of the word of God. The stony heart. Number two, the stony heart is uneven, bumpy terrain. That means it's a difficult ride. Number three, to betray, to see someone by the heel, go behind someone, 
and hinder. The heart can be a hindrance. I'm, I'm going to go through this. The heart, the, 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 this heart is, the heart is deceitful. That word deceitful means it is duplicitous. What does that mean? It is the quality of state of being double or twofold. Contradictory. Doubleness of thought, speech, or action. Especially the belying of one's true intention by deceptive words or tactics. Mm, contradictory. The heart flip-flops. You can't count on it. Because one moment it feels one way, next moment it feels another. You, it ever looked like a bill wasn't going to get paid? Heart had you all upset? Money came through, heart had you happy. Anyway, I'm going to move on. The root of this word, deceitful, occurs first in Genesis 3.15. In the word for heal, where Satan would attack Eve's messianic offspring. Also the root of this word, deceitful, is the name of Jacob. Comes from the same root. Supplanter, heel holder, trickster. The heart can be a trickster. F.B. Huey Jr. says this again. The human heart, listen to this very clearly. The human heart has an unlimited capacity for wickedness and deceit so that human resources are incapable of dealing with it. Too big of a problem for us to fix. Period. Thank you, F.B. Huey. Look at Mark 7, 21 through 23, NLT. For from within, out of a person's heart, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. So it's not external stuff that causes a man to sin. It, it's not external stuff that causes somebody to cuss another person out. It, it, it's not external. It's internal. We blame the environment. That's not it. We blame other people. That's not it. We say all the time, somebody made us mad. No, that's not it. All of these things listed come from within. They were messing with the disciples about drinking out of dirty cups. Jesus said it's not what goes in, it's what comes out. Because what comes out comes from the heart. So somebody can say a lot of stuff, Janae, but their heart will betray them through their actions. That's why all you who are single who want to be married, pay attention to them. Don't get married fast. Wait a minute. Be friends. Because they will reveal who they really are up under their words. You become a pastor, all of you. When you become a pastor, don't promote people quickly. Y'all hear me? 
When you make new friends, don't give out too much information too fast. Because you'll see their heart after a while. God, help me. So this is what people are telling us to follow. They keep telling us, George, follow your heart, man. Trust your heart, Sebo. Uh-uh. My heart is something else. But they tell you, follow your heart, Dylan. What's your heart saying? All kind of stuff. Let's be honest. Is that true? Follow your heart. Trust your heart. Listen to your heart. F.B. Huey, yeah, three times. He says the only remedy is a radical change, nothing less than rebirth. Nothing less than being born again for real. Not church attendance. There's some things you just can't church away. It's going to take the supernatural power of God and rebirth. That means we got to get saved for real. Talk Holy Spirit. We got to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And we got to become that new creation. Thank you, Lord. We need godly intervention. Jeremiah 24, 7. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God. For they will return to me with all their heart. Ezekiel 11, 19 to 20. Then I will give them one heart. And I will put a new spirit within them and take away the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. Ezekiel 36, 24 through 27. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit I will put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you an heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statute and you shall keep my judgments and do them. God says we need a heart transplant and he says I'm willing to do it but you gotta submit to it. You gotta let me work on you. You gotta stay still on the table. You gotta stop jumping up. You gotta stop cutting off the process. You gotta stop running when there's pain. You can't try to avoid truth when the word of truth is preached you gotta set up under it you gotta open your arms wide and you gotta say Lord work on me you gotta say fix me you gotta say change me you gotta say cleanse me cause we can't do it ourselves he says I want to take away the heart of stone he said and I will put in a heart of flesh. He said, if I don't make the change, there will be no change. 
I don't make the change, the change will not be permanent. It will only be temporary. That's why we can comply for a season. Whenever, whenever it starts hurting, we want to get off the table. Whenever it gets difficult, we want to get off the table. Many people avoid surgery because of the pain of recovery. But there's no way you can get cut and be no pain. That's why he says, I've turned and chosen the furnace of affliction. I chose that. Because I know what it's going to take to bring you to where I want you to be. Don't you move. I'm working here. Don't you go to another church. I'm working. Don't you walk out to get water now. I'm working. Somebody say, work on me. Work on me. Don't see, don't sit in here and be quiet today. Say, work on me. Work on me. Work on me. Get out of me. Whatever you need to get out of me. I know my heart. I'd examined it. I analyzed it. I know. I was truthful with myself. Examined myself against the mirror of the word of God. And I have not forgotten what I look like. Lord, help me. Because I have been trying to do this on my own. I have yet to just submit to your power. Anybody? Come on. It's real time now. I've yet to totally submit to you and let you do what you need to do in my life. I just thought that if I just look good, if I just quote the right scriptures, everything will be all right. But my doggone heart keeps messing me up. God, you know what we got to do? Look, look at this. Look at this. Let's skip that next one. Go to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. This is what we got to cry. Come on, y'all. Let's get to Psalm 51. Creating me. A clean heart. Oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. We gotta cry like David cried. After David sinned, David recognized I got a heart problem. I'm God's chosen king. But I got a problem with my heart. I wouldn't have slept with Bathsheba if my heart was right. I wouldn't have killed her husband if my heart was right. Created me. Don't fix this one. Replace it. Because this one that I was born with Deceitfully wicked. God, I want your heart. Come on, lift your hands if you want his heart. Somebody cry out, I want your heart, God. 
I want your heart. I want your heart. Create in me a clean heart. And renew within me a right spirit. He says, whatever you do, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Whatever you do, take this crown, take this throne, take this money. But whatever you do, God, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. I don't care nothing about these clothes. I don't care nothing about this house. Without you, it don't mean nothing anyway, God. I want you. Somebody cry out unto God in this place. This is not a time to be playing. This is a time when God is ready to do something in your life. Somebody cry out, create in me a clean heart, God. Create in me a clean heart. I'm not playing, God. I want to live for you. I want to walk in your righteousness. I want to be who you called me to be. But I can't be that if you don't intervene. I need an intervention, God. I need you to move in my life. I need you. I need you to do it. I need you to do it. I promise I'll sit still. I'll let you have your way. I'll let you do what you need to do. I'll quit fighting you. I'll quit ignoring you. I'll quit running away from you. I'll let you do it, God. I've said have your way, but I still want it mine. But I release my will right now. And I say let your will be done in my life. Have your way, God. Have your way, not just in church, but have your way at my house. Have your way on my job. Have your way with me, God. I'm yours. Do whatever you need to do in me. what I have created what I have created in my own power is lacking it leaves me empty I've been doing it my way and it's not working for me and I keep seeing your promises I keep seeing your word and I want that so bad but today I will resist you no longer. Today I submit to you totally. And I give myself to you. You can have me. Do what you will. I'm tired of being on my own. I'm tired of making my own decisions. I'm submitting to you now. Whatever you say, I'm going to do it. I'm obedient to your will. I just need you to do that for me. Create in me. Come on, everybody say, create in me a clean heart. Oh, God, renew a right spirit within me. Come on, God, I need you to do this. I need you to fix me. I need you to heal me. I know I can trust you with my heart. No more fighting you, God. No more resisting you. No more playing. No, this is serious. See, Opposition has got to be a place of humility where we recognize that everything about me is not where it's supposed to be. It doesn't matter what position you hold in the church. I don't care. Right now, this ain't about positions. 
This ain't about this ain't about your reputation. This is not about your image. This is about your relationship with the Most High God. And right now we need to be as honest as we can capably be. And if you need God to create in you a clean heart and renew within you a right spirit, I'm going to need you to stand up on your feet and I'm going to need you to begin to call out unto God and ask God to do this in your life right now, to move in your world in this way. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. 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 Renew within me a right spirit. Renew within me a right spirit. Come on, renew within me a right spirit. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. 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 Renew a right spirit within me. I need your spirit, God. I need your presence, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus.